Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, as always, on the Goodyear Hotline. So much to get to today, and we will get to all of it. We're eight days from the draft. We have all the basketball and all the baseball and everything else that we'll get to. The entire crew is here today, Hembo and Nuno and Devin and Bubba, everyone that you've become accustomed to. But first and foremost, what a day yesterday was, and a few thoughts on that to begin before we work our way to anything else. And and look, I've done plenty of shows like these Not on this program exactly, but on Mike and Mike and on Get Up on days when, you know, hits and runs and errors just didn't feel like the place to begin. Again, they are where we will go because that's what we do. We'll talk about sports here and we'll try to have some fun because, as always, I assume that's why you are here. But it's also clear to me, look, we know each other too long to let yesterday go by without sharing a few thoughts. So my overriding one is this. Yesterday, of course, was not the end of anything. Maybe it was the beginning of something. Maybe it was the end of the beginning of something and the start of whatever might come next. That's what I'm rooting for. Because if you think about it, by the standards of, like, planet Earth, our nation is still pretty young, so maybe we grew up a little yesterday. I don't know the answer to that, and at this point, neither do you. But we can hope. We can hope that yesterday is a signal that there may be a world in which we really do this together. And by this, I mean America. And look, I'm not here to tell you how to think, but I do assume that if you are a decent human being, you'd be in favor of that, of all Americans finding something, anything that we can agree upon. And liberty and justice for all feels like a pretty good place to start. Because what could be more fundamental than that? You probably did this, too. When I was a kid, we said the Pledge of Allegiance every single day in homeroom, Stuyvesant High School. One nation, indivisible. Do we feel indivisible to you lately? We don't to me. We feel highly divided. So maybe the one thing we can all agree on is that liberty and justice for all is a good place to begin putting us back together again. I also want to say that I said to you during the height of the pandemic that I'm trying very hard to be optimistic in life because I've been a pessimist for far too long, and that's no fun. So that's the approach I'm taking in my own head, and we'll continue to do what we can here to contribute to that and to hopefully making you feel that way as well. Hopeful and optimistic for a future that is better than our past. That's probably a reasonable goal at all times. So again, we will get to the hits and runs and errors of the world in just a few minutes here, and we will go through a lot of different things. But I wanted to bring in, you know, do we have Omar ready to go? Omar Jimenez from, from CNN is someone that I really admire Um, And he is someone who uh, I became aware of, as most everyone did, if you didn't already know his work, last year during coverage uh, in Minneapolis. And you may recall that event where the poise that he showed during an event in which he was actually arrested while being there for CNN covering the event. I think that opened up a lot of people's eyes to the extraordinary work that Omar has been doing. But his career is about so much more than that. He is someone of whom all of us from the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern are extraordinarily proud. And I'm delighted to welcome Omar to the program for a couple of minutes. Omar, thanks for doing this, my friend. Thank you. And, and I hope that you're doing well today. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's a wild week in Minneapolis. I would imagine. And and so I just wanted to start there. I was watching your coverage yesterday, and, and I just would like you to share, if you could, for our audience, just describe what that day was like. It was it was a day that I think we will remember in history for a very long time. As you looked around, what is it you saw? 
Well, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's something we're not going to forget for a really long time. And my team and I, we were at ground zero for this story. We were literally standing where George Floyd's final moments played out under the knee of Derek Chauvin. And as you can imagine, hundreds of people had come to that site to listen to the verdict being read by the judge. And, you know, prior to the verdict being read, people were, you know, sending prayers. They were rallying. And then when the judge actually stepped into the courtroom, there was a quiet that fell over that crowd that honestly still gives me chills right now as everybody listened in for those words. And as soon as they all heard guilty on each of those charges, guilty on all charges, the eruption was like hitting a game-winning shot, game seven of the NBA finals. There were tears. A man standing next to me fell down to his knees. He couldn't believe it. And everywhere you looked, it seemed like they felt like they had done the impossible and gotten to a place where no one thought they would get to. And that is getting a police officer not only to be prosecuted, but actually convicted on the charges he was prosecuted for. So I, I did see that again. I watched it. And again, Omar Jimenez from CNN is with me live here on ESPN radio. I, I did see that and I watched for a good hour or so. And then as the day went on, however, to tell me about the rest of the day. Tell me about the night. Tell me about what happens next in Minneapolis. Well, after that initial verdict being read, you can imagine so many more people came to not only that site, that Ground Zero site where we were at that intersection, but also began marching in the streets of Minneapolis outside the courthouse. The word sort of spread and the celebration and reality actually set in. I, I actually think there was a bit of a period where people just wanted to make sure they heard everything correctly, that, all right this is a victory that we can actually take right now and actually enjoy. And so for the latter portion of that afternoon into the evening, especially at the spot where we were, it became a celebration. I mean, there were cheers, there were, there was music being played. There were stories being read, reminding people that this wasn't just about the George Floyd case, that there were so many other black faces and names that came before him. And that in many of those cases, police officers weren't charged. They were not even disciplined in many cases, much less convicted by the U.S. justice system. And so that sort of expanded the moment to show that, all right, this is bigger than what happened to George Floyd and that there's still more work to be done. Even in this case, one of the persisting chants that we heard throughout all of it was one down, three to go. And that, of course, is a reminder of there are three other officers that are still charged in this. They're going to face trial later this year. But people want to take this as a victory, but also realize that this is not the end all be all. What needs to be followed up now is to look at the momentum from this and follow it up with either policy as they're putting pressure on those in Washington and to follow it up with consistency when we see other officers being prosecuted, not just when the attention of the world is on a case like it was for Derek Chauvin. Omar Jimenez from CNN is with me here. And um, the fact that you played basketball at Northwestern is not relevant to anything here beyond the fact that we are a sports <laughs> show. Um, and and, and yeah. I think it is appropriate. And, and I just I put that out as context because I feel like you will have a, a, an understanding of it perhaps just as one who will follow that more closely than others might, um, of the role that that sports played in this. I, I have watched with fascination. I'm, I'm much older than you are, and I covered sports in Chicago. 
at a time when Michael Jordan was being heavily criticized at times for not injecting himself into circumstances that might have been similar to these. And I sit back sometimes now and and just marvel at the way so much has changed. And so I wonder, from your perspective, both as a reporter and and just as one who has watched it, um, what role, how would you describe the role that you believe the world of sports played in what happened yesterday? I mean, it played a tremendous role. I I, I think... I think this idea of, of sports staying out of the social realm, the political realm, if you will, over, has been tested over the past six or seven years, going back to when Kaepernick took a knee during the Star Spangled Banner. And then you fast forward to scenes where teams don't even want to play. They don't feel it's the right energy to go out there and play like what we saw in the NBA. Over the course of the pandemic, they're already dealing with so much. They're already in a bubble. And you know what they say? we're not going to play because this moment is bigger than sports. And I think the acknowledgement of that, that there is a world bigger than sports by these sports figures is something that I think is so powerful to the outside world because it is something that brings us joy, the sports game, the, the incredible feats that these athletes do. But to remember that these are also human beings that have their own emotions and have their own opinions that we need to at times validate Um, I think is something that's incredibly powerful. I mean, you even saw in the Minneapolis area, there were games that were postponed in part because they were worried about the outcome of the verdict, but also because it's that same mentality. And when you think about the fact our athletes are some of the most influential people in the world. And so to hear from them, from any people, to hear from their role model, what they think about what's happening in the world is something that is more powerful than I could do. I like to think I have some fans out there, but I don't have as many as LeBron does. So when LeBron steps out there and says that this is what needed to happen, that is something that I think, that's a voice I think that we can't do without in the world of sports, in the world of politics, you name it. They come together in moments like these. Um, I, I would just like to finish by saying that while I talk a lot about Northwestern sports on the air, what brought me to that university was the Medill School of Journalism. And, and I, on behalf of all of us from Medill, Omar, we are so proud of, of just the extraordinary work that you continue to do. So please keep that up and, and let's stay in touch on, on this and more pleasant matters. And I hope that I'll see you again soon. Thank you for taking a few minutes today. Of course. I'll see you on campus. Okay, very good. I hope so. I have one kid there, and soon we'll have two. Uh, Thank you very much, Omar. It's a pleasure to have you on here. That's Omar Jimenez from CNN, who just does extraordinary work. He was with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So that's where we open today, because it seemed like the only reasonable place to do so. We will get back to the more normal, as I keep describing it, hits, runs, and errors, if you will, of the sports world. Coming up next, including some unsolicited advice that you had better hope the general manager of your team is listening to. That's next. We are just getting started. I am Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, lots to get to today as we turn our attention back to the world of sports. Our tweet of the day came from Shefty, and it could change everything, and it's 30 seconds away after this word from ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is always wild. With all the trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires, teams have to be excited for the coming season. If you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that is ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. Yeah, by far the most significant tweet of the day I saw yesterday that got us talking this morning on television was from Adam Schefter, who tweeted, the Carolina Panthers have had conversations with other teams about potentially trading back in the draft from pick number eight. There are all sorts of ongoing trade conversations between teams. Let's see what next week brings. And I can further tell you that right around the time he tweeted that, I was on Schefter's podcast yesterday. It's available right now if you want to hear it. And that was right around the time that we taped it. And I can tell you that when I FaceTimed in, we're not FaceTime, but, you know, you hit the Zoom link to get in on that. He was knee deep in something. He was like talking on the phone. And if you've ever dealt with Shefty, again, I am the Shefty whisperer. He's got like one phone going here and he's giving me the finger. Like, I'll be, I don't mean giving me the finger. I mean, he's got a finger up in the air. Like, <laughs> hold on, I'm coming, I'm coming. Something's going on. Shefty's working something. That's all I can tell you. I don't know what, and we won't know what until it comes but something, he's working something. So let me bring in the members of the Hashtag crew on this thought today. Again, Hembo is here, Bubba, Nuno, and Devin. And let me phrase the question like this. Which team needs to go up to number eight to get a quarterback? That's what we're talking about. That's what's happening here. The Panthers made a decision that Sam Darnold is better than any quarterback they were likely to get in this draft. It is the opposite decision that the New York Jets made, I guess. But one way or another, both of them have made their beds, and now we'll see who sleeps more comfortably in them. But the Panthers are going to trade out of that spot to someone who wants to come up for a quarterback. So what team needs to go up there? Is it the Broncos? They'd only need to move one spot, but they could assure themselves of being ahead of others who might trade there. 
Is it the Patriots? There's going to be a ton of conversation about Bill trading up to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance, maybe Mac Jones, whoever falls there. Is it the Bears or the Washington football team? Both of them very interested in getting quarterbacks. The Bears may be desperate, but boy, that's a long way to go from 20 to 8. You'd have to give up a lot to do it. But look, they have a coach and a general manager who are like eight minutes from getting fired. So like an irresponsible organizational move is probably right up their alley at this point. Just go do something crazy to try and save your job. So Hembo, I will start with you because you're within my line of sight. Which of those teams do you think needs most to trade up there to number eight and take a quarterback in this draft? Among all those teams, the one with the most to gain is the Broncos. Well, I'll let you... That's interesting to me, to mm-hmm. say the most again. You don't have to pick one of those. If, would you have gone off the board otherwise? If you had given me the list of all the teams, yes. I would have still taken the Broncos. Why the Broncos? They have the most to gain. Right now, the difference between Drew Locke and, say, even representative quarterback play is probably like three or four wins. That might be a playoff roster, not with him. And in a division with Mahomes and Herbert and Carr, th- that's, there's obviously a massive gap between you know, him and the rest of those three guys. That's interesting to me because... Um, you know, the Bears were a playoff team last year. If they were to increase their quarterback play, who knows what that could mean. All right, that's one vote for the Broncos. Let me go back to the studio in Bristol here. Hashtag Bubba, who, again, many people may not know, was actually a draft analyst mm. at one time. He, the, you know the, the chart that Jimmy Johnson made famous I do. for the draft value and everything? Bubba actually created that chart. A lot of people don't know that, Bubba. What year was that that you, you, you actually formulated that chart? Oh, that was, I think it was 89, I think. 89. Yeah. <laughs> it's nineteen. sounds right. You were yeah. how old again in 1989? Uh, five. Yeah, we were five. Five years old. He's a remarkably accomplished Prodigious. man. This Bubba. So, which team, in your opinion, hashtag Bubba, most needs to trade up to eight and take a quarterback? Yeah, I'm going to say the team that needs it the most would be the Bears. The Bears. And do you believe it is worth whatever it is? Because, again, to go, Hembo's got to move up one spot from Denver. That's like right. flipping over a two. You're talking about trading like three ones to move up 12 spots. Is that worth it to you, Bubba? Mm, is it worth it? Probably not. Correct. But if you are going to get fired, if your season goes badly anyway, what do you have to lose? You're not worried about those three picks. That is true. That's the point. That's the point I'm making. But if you own the team, that's not how you want those guys thinking. But Okay, so I was on with Waddle and Sylvie in Chicago yesterday, and this is the conversation that we had, which is, if you're the owner, do you step in and not let them do that? And my response is, if you're the owner and you're going to step in and not let them do that, you should have fired them in the first place. That's right. You have to understand what comes with having a lame duck coach and a lame duck general manager. You are inviting them to be irresponsible. You are inviting them to make decisions that are not in the long-term best interest of the franchise. So I'm not sitting here telling you he should have fired those guys. I'm sitting here telling you that if he didn't, if he chose not to fire them, he's got to let them do their job. And if they want to make that trade, because this is exactly what came up yesterday, is will the owner, George McCaskey is the one who runs the franchise now from the ownership role, will he step in and not let them do something quote-unquote irresponsible? Well, then why are they still there? Let people do their job. So that's, that is a, an excellent reason why keeping guys around with absolutely no job security, Hembo, is a terrible idea. Yeah, although I think most fans would be surprised at the level of involvement that owners do have on draft day. No, I bet it's much more so than we realize. I understand that. I agree with that. Owners sign off on almost all yeah. of this stuff, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea. 
I keep reverting back to one of my favorite Chris Rock jokes, which is to say that you can drive a car with your feet if you want to, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea. Let me go to hashtag Nuno, who is Nuno. Let me ask you a question. Are you with the Knicks on a seven game win streak? Are you able to focus on literally anything else? I am. I'm actually in a good spot. What does that mean? What good spot are you in? Well, I'm not overreacting to this. What like, does that I, even mean? So I'm able to focus on this. I, you know, tonight might be a different story. They got the Hawks, big, you know, four or five matchup right there. But like right now, I'm zoned in on your question. Okay, and so the question is, which team most needs to trade up to take a quarterback? And I hate to agree with Hembo, but it is. It is the Broncos. They need to get this right. They need to get it right now or else, you know, they're in trouble with the other two quarterbacks in that division. If they don't get it here, I don't know when they're going to get it. Okay, fair enough. That's not where I was expecting this to go. Uh, is is uh, our buddy Devin with us oh, yesterday? He, hey, he it's Vin. For it, it, well, no, it, well, we, we removed his hashtag, his D and his E yesterday, but that I thought he did a very day. nice job. I'm back. Yeah, no, Devin, you did well yesterday. Uh, Nuno had had the, have the day off for a variety of reasons, and so you sort of filled in. You did a good job of putting together the green list. I gave you back your D and your E. All right. So you don't have the hashtag, but you are Devin again. Thank God. Devin, which of these teams, which team needs to trade up for a quarterback? I always hate agreeing with Bubba, but it's got to be the Bears. <laughs> Everybody it has to be the Bears. Agrees with Bubba or with him. Oh, that's right. No, we had two. So we have two votes for the Broncos and we have two votes for the Bears. Fascinating. We have no votes for the Patriots, who I think quite possibly are the likeliest team at this point, at least in the opinion of many, to go up and do it. Well done. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Well, so the, a different question then, which one, is one that I think might be more interesting, is which team, out of all the teams in the NFL, has the most pressure to get next week right? And let me set the stage for that. Because I have the extraordinary opportunity to host this draft, I've been thinking a lot more about the draft than I normally would in any other year. And in any other year, I would be thinking about it a lot because I love the draft and, and I'm always into it. But I've been thinking, obviously, much more about it because it's pretty much all I've done for the last six weeks. And what I have come to realize is what makes the draft so fascinating is that the fortunes of literally every team in the sport ride on it. In one way or another, every single team's fate is shaped by what happens over the three days that span next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So there's pressure on everybody. But the question is, which team has the most pressure to get it right next week? So I polled the hashtag crew on the first question. I'll give you the answer to this one. Mm. I think there are three teams that for entirely different reasons fall into this category. The obvious one is the 49ers. The 49ers tr did exactly what we're talking about the Bears doing. They traded a whole bunch of quote-unquote draft capital, at this point maybe the most overused little phrase in sports, but they traded a, a two number ones, all this future stuff, to go up to take a quarterback. And most of the world thinks two things. One, that they're going to take Mac Jones, and two, that they can't believe that's what they're doing. Now, maybe they know something we don't. And as Lewis Riddick said on Get Up With Me last week, the objective is to win football games, not to win the draft. 
So if Mac Jones winds up coming to San Francisco and they win the Super Bowl, then it will have been a good pick one way or the other. But if they don't, if they take Mac Jones and Mac Jones doesn't play great for them, if Mac Jones, in fact, doesn't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo and Garoppolo is their quarterback and they wind up being closer to what they were a year ago than what they were the year before, then I think there's actually some heat on the guys who run that place. Now, I think Kyle Shanahan might be the best coach in the sport, and if they fire him, someone will hire him in the blink of an eye. And John Lynch, I think, has done a very good job. They've been just obliterated by injury there. But that said, I think when you make the bold, aggressive move, you have to live with the pressure that comes with that. So they, I think, are the obvious team that goes in this. The next one, I believe, is the Jets. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Jets for a variety of reasons. Because the Jets are the team that did the opposite of that. They didn't make, they didn't, and let me, let me rephrase this. The Jets, by not trading away that pick, kind of did the same thing the 49ers did. There is a way of looking at this where you could say the Jets traded three number one draft picks in order to take Zach Wilson. It, it is, there is no logical way to, to assume that San Francisco traded what they traded to three, but wouldn't have given you the same thing to go up to two. In fact, I think everyone's assumption, including mine, is that because of the history between Robert Sala and everyone in San Francisco, that the 49ers are well aware of exactly what the Jets are doing, which is fine. But the point is, the Jets decided not to trade away that pick, the second pick, and try and build around Sam Darnold with everything you could have traded it for. Now, the time to argue whether that was the right thing or the wrong thing to do for the moment is over. Whether I thought it was right or wrong doesn't matter anymore. This is what they're doing, and as a fan, we just have to hope for the best. But the reality is, if Zach Wilson isn't excellent, and Sam Darnold goes to Carolina and plays as well as I think he's going to, that's going to look like one of the terrible decisions you've ever seen. So that was a huge decision. Once again, I'm not here to tell you it was wrong. But there is a lot of pressure there because I am convinced Arnold is going to play great. Carolina has gone from the team that was going to maybe draft another quarterback to, no, of course they're not. They're going to trade back and let someone else do it because they got their quarterback and he's better than anyone in this class except Trevor Lawrence. And the Jets could have kept him and gotten three ones in a trade and they didn't. So that to me is enormous pressure. Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold, through no fault of Zach's, is enormously impactful to the legacy of Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas, the new general manager of the Jets. So that, to me, is an enormous spot of pressure to get it right with a decision that has largely already been made. And then the third one, for all the obvious reasons we described a moment ago, is the Bears. I mean, the Bears, their coach and their, and their general manager, are on the verge of getting fired. They're the definitions of lame duck. If you were to look up lame duck in the dictionary, it should have their photos, or maybe more to the point, their LinkedIn bios, because both of them, I think, are, are staring at, at, I don't want to make light of it, but I mean, they're both going to get fired if things don't go well there this year. Most people were stunned they didn't get fired last year. So those, to me, are the three, the three most obvious places where there is enormous pressure to get this thing right next week. In any order you want to put them in for entirely different reasons. The 49ers, the Jets, and the Bears. Next order of business. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Okay. 
Got a little unsolicited advice for you today, and I'm going to make it Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and here it comes. If you are an NFL general manager trying to decide between a wide receiver or an offensive lineman at the top of the draft, candidly, I already question you because that is a no-brainer decision 100% of the time. You take the lineman, and if you paid any attention to history, you would already know that. All right, let me define our standards. The hit rate on a draft pick is the percentage of time that players at that position sign a second contract with the team that drafted them. Okay, couldn't be simpler. Did that player sign a second deal with that team? That's how we define a pick that hit. By that standard, 60% of first-round offensive linemen hit. That is the highest rate among all positions, six out of ten times. Far more often than not, those players become franchise cornerstones. The hit rate for first-round wide receivers, meanwhile, is 27%. That is the lowest among all positions. So three out of every four wide receivers you take in the first round wind up elsewhere or out of the league after one contract. Now, that alone should decide this, but wait, there's more. Last season, the league-wide QBR on plays in which the offensive line won every block was 75. On plays in which it did not, the average QBR was 48. Pass protection is more important to a quarterback than pass catchers. It doesn't matter who the receivers are, or it doesn't matter nearly as much as it matters whether the quarterback is being protected. Because the league-wide difference in QBR in plays in which the O-line wins every block versus in which they don't is the difference between Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz last year. And the best illustration of that is the last game that we saw, the Super Bowl. The Chiefs' defense got nowhere near Tom Brady. They pressured him four times. They touched him once. Touched once. Patrick Mahomes was pressured 29 times. That's the most of any Super Bowl ever. And very simply, that is why Brady won and why Mahomes never had a chance. So remember that, because if you choose not to protect your quarterback, your quarterback won't have a chance either. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. That is my unsolicited advice for you, hashtag Bubba, Cowboys fan, who is sitting there, your team is constantly taking one receiver after another because they can't get more excited about these guys who win fantasy football games when the reality is your offensive line has been falling apart with injury and age over the last few years, and they absolutely, if Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater are sitting there at 10, that is who they should take. Bubba, your reaction. I mean, have you seen C.D. Lamb run routes? <laughs> I've seen him run routes. You know what? I haven't seen him do win any games. Oh, he won some games, baby. He won too some many. games. Not a lot of game winning going on there. Next year, though. Next year. When your team was any good, when you were flying, when Golik was flying you down there to watch playoff games, it's because you would put together this extraordinary offensive line. And that is what you need to do again. Bubba. In fact, let me bring in Nuno. I'm the same thing to you. Nuno, you root for the Giants. Every single year, your team addresses the offensive line. And every single year, it gets worse. <laughs> so the point is, that's the reason the Giants aren't winning football games. Not because of Daniel Jones, not because of Saquon Barkley, not because of anybody else. The, the reason is the off- they've never figured out the offensive line. Definitely. They've gotten it wrong every single time. 
And but it, I think what helps them here is the fact that those guys will probably be off the board by the time they get to eleven. So it makes their decision a little easier. Now it becomes: Do you take someone like Waddle if he's there, which I probably would, or trade down and take a defensive, uh, you know, an edge rusher? So I think Gettleman is going to get lucky where he's not going to have that decision to should I take the offensive lineman or bypass him and then screw this up. I think the decision will be made for him. All right, we will wait and see if that's how it goes. All the fans are getting ready with all their teams here as we are now eight days away from the draft. Coming up, the manager of a major league baseball team was forced to respond to quite possibly the stupidest premise in the history of broadcasting (laughs) yesterday. And you will hear it right after this word from 1-800-Flowers.com. Listen, this Mother's Day, you need to lock in your place as the golden child by ordering mom's bouquet early from 1-800-Flowers.com. Whether she's near or far, when you order early, it means she will get the best selection of bouquets that are guaranteed to show her she is loved. And here's the special offer right now at 1-800-Flowers. You can get 36 sorbet roses for just $36. They're absolutely gorgeous. It's an impressive mix of pastel shades, so they're pink and orange and lavender. They're guaranteed to show not only your mom, but your mother-in-law, all the moms in your life, just how much they are loved. 36 sorbet roses for 36 bucks. It's an amazing offer, but prices are going to go up soon. So do it now. Order today from the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. Here's how you do it. To order 36 sorbet roses for just $36, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, enter GREENY. Hurry, this offer expires on Friday. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Baseball is back, and so are your favorite teams and players catch the best of the bigs all season. 
On ESPN Plus, with over 170 live games with every star and every team in the league, sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash baseball. So I need to tell you a little bit about my day yesterday. I had two hours of radio interviews that I did uh, to promote my coverage of the draft for next week. And basically every single one of them asked me about my ridiculous uh, position that we took yesterday on this show (laughs) that I could play for the L.A. Dodgers and they would still win the World Series. Now, if you were not with us yesterday, let me give you a brief synopsis of where this came from. So the movie Heaven Can Wait was on, and I watched a few minutes of it just the night before, and that's a, a great movie from the 70s in which Warren Beatty, to give it its most brief description, Warren Beatty's an NFL quarterback who gets killed. He comes back as a billionaire, buys the Rams, and makes himself the quarterback. That's the premise of the movie. And I found myself thinking, if I were to win the lottery and I bought the Dodgers, they're so good that if I bought the Dodgers and, and, and mandated that they have to have me on the field every single game, would they still win the World Series? And that turned into a whole conversation that we did here for two hours because we're idiots. And Hembo actually calculated through analytics how many runs I would cost them and all the rest of that. Then we started contemplating what other teams I might wind up being on. Could I have been on the Warriors team with KD? Would we have still won? Could I have been on the 85 Bears? Would we have still won? But to my horror, Max Kellerman asked the manager of the Dodgers about this. So he's got Dave Roberts on. He presented to him the scenario and then listen to how awkward <laughs> this poor guy, Dave Roberts, who's a World Series winning manager, had to answer this question. Listen. Could you hide Mike Greenberg on this team? Like, is this team that good? What do you think about what Greeny just said? <laughs> I think that that's a... Uh... That's an honest take. Uh, I don't know if it's realistic, but I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing is, is that, um, you know, that's an, that's an easy way to look at it. But I, I, we do have a lot of good players, Max. We have a lot of good players, and the players certainly deserve uh, all the credit. And for me, just to be a part of it, I think it's great. But I don't know if, uh, if uh, Greeny, if, if we could have him on this club and we can still win the World Series. I don't know about that one. <laughs> <You can't>, I'll, <laughs> that I'll might be you. a little aggressive. A little aggressive. <laughs> Listen to him. His, his, the most charitable he could be because he's a nice man is to say, well, that's an honest take. <laughs> what As did the, he mean by that, though? What did he mean by that? Did I think he means that I genuinely believe it. <laughs> <laughs> No matter how ridiculous it is. Now, you actually put together the analytics, and we figured out that I would cost them over the course of a season 15 games. 15 wins. But did you tell me that because you hang out with all these other analytics people. I do. That people actually offered opinions on that. All across the spectrum. So I talked to people who think that you would only cost the Dodgers as few as five games. And I talked to other people that said 15 is a big-time underestimate there. So I think... That means we probably got this just about right. I think Dave Roberts, in an honest moment, would have said so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's an honest take by him. It's a very honest take. Um, Here's what I will say. So, as I mentioned, I was on in Chicago with Waddle and Sylvie. And here's what Waddle and I decided. The 85 Bears, if they had put me out there at wide receiver... Okay, just you got Willie Galt on one side. And I'm sorry, Dennis McKinnon, but now we've put me on the other side. If you think back to the playoffs, they beat the Giants and then they beat the Rams and they gave up a combined total of zero points in those games. So, so long as the offense scored at all. So I forget what the final score is. I think it was 21 nothing and 23 nothing, something like that. The final scores of those games. Get me that if you could, Hembo. 21 nothing, 24 nothing. 24 nothing. 
All they had to do was score three points in either of those games, and we still win. They then beat the Patriots 46-10 in a Super Bowl that I'm telling you, I mean, they gave the ball to William Perry to score a touchdown in that Super Bowl. <laughs> so, so I have to believe, I really do genuinely believe that the 85 Bears could have hidden me, the team in history that could have won the championship with me on the team in any sport, <laughs> which is the fact that we're doing this premise again. I'm, I'm, I can't decide if I'm hysterical laughing or I'm mortified I'm so embarrassed. But the team that I believe could have could have somehow managed to overcome me and still won would be the 85 Bears with me as a receiver. Hembo, your reaction. You know, you, they, they, that Super Bowl was such a blowout. They may have been able to hand you that football instead of Perry, and you may have gotten a I touchdown. I might have scored. I mean, I, I might have, <laughs> you may have been at a scoring play Walter Payton game. didn't get to score a touchdown in that Super Bowl. That was the big controversy that came out of it. Ditka regretted it. His whole, you know, has regretted it ever since. And Walter, of course, is no longer with us. But that was the big regret was that he didn't let Walter score a touchdown in that Super Bowl because they wanted to give the ball to the fridge because that was sort of the, the big thing going on. Then they loved rubbing it in everybody's face. But that they could have maybe given me the ball. I could have actually, if I had been on that team and played offense, how many catches do I have at the end of the season? Zero. You're oh, not, no, you're I catch a ball. one ball. I catch Come a on. ball. A bubble screen. How about they throw me a bubble screen? Could you catch a bubble screen? Of course I could catch a bubble we screen. We have a football in here. I'll throw you a bubble screen right now. I, I, bet will catch, oh, I will catch a bubble screen. I'm telling you right now, I've got hands. What's your yak then? How many yards after the catch? Well, that's the question. I, mean, I might have lost yardage. I could easily see myself <laughs> catching the bubble screen and then being taken down behind the line. And of then off the field on a stretcher. Uh, it's possible. I actually can tell you a great story about that. It involves James Kahn, the legendary actor James Kahn, who played Walter Piccolo in Brian's song. Doug Buffone told me this story 25 years ago on the radio. You're going to love it. I will share it next uh, as we continue, don't go away, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.